and welcome back to Kidman Talk. This is episode 140. This is your host, Carl Bastian, coming to you from Kidology.org. And I always so enjoy getting to hang out with you here on the podcast. Thank you for taking some time to hang out with me here. And also, thank you for the emails, the tweets, the Facebook comments. Um, as much as we can make this interactive, it is always so enjoyable. In fact, our topic today is an answer to a question from one of the listeners who emailed me and just said, hey, Carl, what would you say are the most essential characteristics of a children's pastor to succeed, especially during this era? And I'm excited to answer that question for you, Pastor Jamie. So I want to dive into that. I'm also going to give you a very quick update on what's going on at my church in this COVID era. Yes, we're reopening. I also want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Serve a you might be wondering um, what that's about. I'll give you a brief update on that. So wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, sit back, relax, and hang out with me as we talk. Kidman, it's always an honor to spend this time with you, and I am looking forward to doing just that that. So thank you for spending some time with me. Really quick, let me tell you about our sponsor, Serve HQ. You can learn more about it by going to kidology.org forward slash Serve HQ. You can dive right over to their website, servehq.church. But if you go to our website, you will learn about a really special deal that they have put together just for Kidology All Access members. 50% off for six months. What is Serve HQ? Well, you might be wondering, you know, how do I train my new volunteers? You are starting over with recruiting as we come out of this COVID era. You want to make sure they actually watch the training videos that you send out. You want to raise the bar and, and make sure that they're constantly learning. You may have some special procedures that you've got to make sure they know about as you're raising the bar uh, in your reopening and relaunching of your children's ministry. You want to avoid um, litigation or lawsuits or people doing things that could uh, create a risk for your ministry. ServeHQ is your solution because you're not just sending out videos, but you can have questions. Um, you can have testing. You can know exactly who's watched the videos and if they've answered the questions. You can have multiple uh, modules that they watch. You know exactly who's finished them and who hasn't. You can send out um, reminders. Um, there can actually be communication and chat in a closed and safe environment with accountability. And uh, it's really awesome. So you've got to check it out. Thank you, ServeHQ, for your support of Kidology and support Kidology and encourage um, ServeHQ by checking them out and giving them a trial run. You'll be glad that you did because it is a wonderful solution for your ministry. All right, I want to dive into the topic for today. But first, um, I want to give you just a brief update on what's going on at my church with COVID. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because I know that many people listen to this podcast Years into the future, I get comments and feedback from podcasts that I re recorded way in the past. And COVID, believe it or not, someday is going to be something from the past. So yes, we are reopening our children's ministry, every state's regulations and uh 
and ways the different governors and different states are responding is different across the board. Uh, I'm in Colorado and um, we are reopening. They just introduced a mask mandate across the board. So we're dealing with that. But if you want to see what we're doing, you can go to my church website. It's highpointchurch.us forward slash kids forward slash reopen. And there you can see all the policies. Um, you can see a training video that I've made for my volunteers. You can read about what we're doing. We opened a few weeks just for training for volunteers with no kids. Then we had just kids of volunteers. Uh, last week, we just opened for our little kids. This Sunday, tomorrow, at the time I'm filming this, probably last Sunday when you watch this, uh, we will have our elementary kids for the first time. Won't be a lot of kids because of the mass and things, but I'm excited uh, to have some kids back in the building. And so we're looking forward to that experience. And I'll be able to report uh, later how it went, how it's going. Everything's in flux. Um, and a lot of these regulation things aren't fun, but I'm trying to have a positive experience about it. You've probably seen some of the pictures of my social distance, you know, hats with the balloons and I have a fake hand that I'm going around uh, to shake hands with. And then I, I wipe it off and just trying to have a really fun, uh, positive attitude, even in the midst of, of it not being a whole lot of fun. And as I like to say, you know, when you're given lemons, make lemonade. Um, you're either a thermostat or a thermometer, right? Whatever's going on in life, you either reflect the temperature or you set the temperature. And part of our job, and this is timeless, whatever you're going through, if you're listening to this next week or a year from now, whatever's going on, part of our job as a leader is to set the tone and to set the attitude. You know, Jesus said, in this world, you will face tribulation. But then he said, but I've overcome the world. So our job as leaders is to exude positivity, optimism, and to, to be encouraging, um, to offer hope and encouragement. And so that's our job. That's what I'm trying to do. And sometimes that means swallowing our pride, um, repressing, you know, a lot of negativity, political opinions and all those things, because we've got to share the love of Jesus. We've got to share hope and uh, give Caesar what Caesar's and focus on the gospel. And so uh, that's what we're doing. So I want to dive into our topic for today. Thank you for a great question. What are the things of uh, the characteristics that we must have if we are to succeed in ministry. And so I, I came up with five things that I think are essential. Now, uh, at first, I, you know, I kind of thought, oh, you've got to have a magic drawing board. And, uh, oh, you've got to have a, a great puppet. And, oh, you you got to know how to do balloon animals, right? And probably uh, there, there's a great magic trick you got to learn. But the reality is uh, the things that we need to have as ministry are not tools. Um, they're not even particular skills. They're character traits. And I think the, the number one Thing that we have got to have that will sustain us and will keep us going even in difficult times is a clear sense of our calling. We have to know what God has called us to do. When we have a very clear sense of our calling, our mission, what God has called us to do, and when we can actually articulate that, that makes a huge difference. 
You see, we can spend our whole life doing so many good things that we can be pulled in a million different directions. When I was a young pastor, in fact, when I even before I was a pastor, when I was a young Bible college student, I came upon a book my freshman year of Bible college. It's out of print today. I often look for it on Amazon or eBay, actually used books. And I try to buy up copies of it when I can to give to those that I'm mentoring or coaching. And um, it's called The Intentional Minister. I forget the author actually right now, but I've got a couple copies on, on my bookshelf. And this book said that there's many good things you can do with your life. And many people spend their life doing a lot of good things. But you have to figure out what God made you for. And because God created you for a unique and a specific purpose. And in this book, he used the phrase, discovering your ministry manifesto. Now, that terminology didn't seem to catch on. I think a lot of us today, we use the phrase, your life mission. Um, but I like that ministry manifesto. And I actually dropped out of school for a week. I rented a cabin at a Christian camp. Uh, during the, the a time when the camp was closed, I went there with, with my Bible, my guitar, my camera. Those are the three ways that I love to worship. And I went there and, and I just sought God to give me that life ministry manifesto or that life mission statement. And I, I prayed and I journaled and I read scripture and I played worship songs on my guitar and I took a lot of pictures with my camera and um, I left there with a life mission statement. At the time, I called it my ministry manifesto. And I left there with this statement. And it was that Carl Bastion, that, that's me, that, that I exist to reach and teach as many children as possible with the good news of God's love. And in the process, to enlist, equip, and encourage others to do the same. And that became my life mission statement. Let me share it with you again. To reach and teach as many children as possible with the good news of God's love. And in the process, to enlist, equip, and encourage others to do the same. And the reason I knew that came from God is it did not completely describe at that time what I was doing. Now, reaching and teaching as many children as possible. I was a college student. I was doing children's church at the church I attended. And enlisting, equipping, and encouraging others, um, I didn't really know how to do that. Enlisting, maybe that was recruiting people to help me in children's church. And equipping and encouraging, I didn't really know what that was. Um, but a lot of that grew into What's now Kidology? You might know that Kidology's mission is equipping and encouraging those who serve in children's ministry. In fact, I write more about that calling um, in the book, The Bright Idea, The Story of Kidology. In fact, Kidology grew out of that life mission statement. And I would challenge you, if you've not gone through a process of developing a very clear, even written, memorized life mission statement. It is worth the time to do that because it enables you to say no to other things that might be good things. In fact, I've had opportunities where people have come to me and, and even people have offered me um, financial support to, to pursue something. And, I, and I've been able to say, wow, that's tempting, especially when it comes with financial support or, or even a job offer to go, Wow, that, that, and I don't mean tempting like it was sin, but I just mean uh, alluring or attractive to be able to say, you know, that does not fit my life mission. My life mission is very clear. It's to reach and teach as many children as possible with the good news of God's love and in the process to enlist, equip, and encourage others to do the same. And if it doesn't fit that, I'm able to say no to that. Because if I do that, I'm now, I'm actually keeping someone else who that is their mission from doing that because it, it's not what God's called me to do. And it's been able, it's, it's enabled me to stay focused 
on what God's called me to do. And so I would say the number one thing you need to do is determine what your mission is, why God created you. Now, yes, you might be a children's pastor or a children's director. Most likely, if you're watching this, you're, you're in children's ministry. But even specifically within the, the sphere of children's ministry or being a pastor or a children's director or a club leader, whatever, what specifically has God called you? What's your niche in that? Maybe it has something to do with puppets or, or clowning or, or being a gospel magician or, or, or training or mentoring or, or writing. Maybe there's something, there, there's, there's a, there's a unique giftedness or passion that you have. And, and that's where that your time and your focus needs to be because anything else you do pulls you away from what God has gifted and, and uniquely given you energy and giftedness to do. Determine what that is. Because anytime you get away from that, and I, I've gotten away at times, and then I'm unhappy, and then I'm frustrated, and 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 then and, and I fail because I've gotten away from the clear mission that God has given me. Now, there's been a season where where I, I needed to reassess and say, God, is that still my mission? I lay it down. It, is there is there something new? And God reaffirmed to me, no, that that is still the mission I want you to have. So there are seasons of reevaluating. Um, is this still what you want me to do? But as long as you know that is the mission that God has you to do, then that that's what you want to do. Number two, I would say, and I got this from my youth pastor, um, number two is maintain a teachable Spirit. My youth pastor used to say, um, you got to stay fat. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, that doesn't sound good. Right. Uh, some of us, that's easy. Right. No fat. He, he said, be faithful, available and teachable. All right. And you could do a whole lesson on faithful, available and teachable. I love that. I still use that, um, in my kids crew and in, in mentoring, but that teachable is so important. Never ever arrive. You need to always remain teachable, right? Never be an expert. I'm uncomfortable when when people uh, refer to me as a guru or an expert. Hopefully, you know, you ought to be an expert if you've been doing something for a while. I mean, I, I, I'm sharing with you wisdom. I, I, I've been doing this long enough. I ought to have something to share, all right? And I, I enjoy writing books and I enjoy sharing, you know, what I've learned with the ultimate toolbox for children's ministry. You know, I did not pick the name of that book. <laughs> um, I was like, you know, can I write the, you know, sort of kind of uh, ultimate toolbox. Who is texting me? I thought I put everything on uh, on uh, <laughs> on uh, do not disturb or whatever. But anyway, um, yeah, the, the publisher came up with that name. But yes, you should be be able to had some things to share and some things that you learned. But never stop learning. Never stop asking questions. All right. I remember years ago, I was at a children's pastors conference and a, and a fellow asked me if, if he could interview me. And I said, of course, I'd love to be interviewed. And he had a list of, uh, of people that he considered experts, uh, who'd had some, you know, um, notoriety. You know, they were, uh, well known or they were at a big church or they, you know, had a website like I did or whatever. And, um, and so he had his checklist and he was going to interview all of them. And, uh, and I made his list, right? So I sat down and, 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 and as we began to talk, I said, well, b- b- before we, we begin, I said, I, I've, I've got some questions for you. And he said, really, you do? And so I asked him what, what his education was. And it turned out he had 
had more education than I did. And I asked him, you know, about the, the size of the church he was at. And he was at a bigger church than I was. I asked him how many years he'd been a children's pastor. Turned out he'd been a kid's pastor longer than me. I kept asking him questions. In every single question I asked him, he had me beat as far as education, years of experience, size of church, all these different things. And, and finally I said, it sounds like I should be interviewing you. And, uh, and so that I began to ask him questions about the things I was going through or wrestling with or ministry issues I was struggling with. And most of that interview ended up being me asking him questions and I learned a lot. And then finally I said, okay, what, what were you going to ask me? And, and he did have some good questions for me. And, and it meant so much to me at the end of the interview. He said, Carl, he said, uh, thank you that I have not only learned from you, but I've been so encouraged by the questions you asked me. And he said, you know, you're the only one I interviewed who asked me questions. And I said, well, I hope that that taught you something that you have as much to offer as the people you were interviewing and never confuse notoriety with with expertise. Some of us, God blesses with notoriety, but having a website or being in a well-known church or having written a book or been published or whatever does not make someone more valuable than those of you, like many of you I know watching this podcast or listening to this podcast, who maybe have never got anything published or have never, you know, you're not at a well-known church or whatever. You have just as much to offer to the kingdom. Maybe it's time you wrote a book or, uh, you know, or published an article on kinology or submitted an article to a magazine or something. Um, but we all need to remain teachable. And if we all remain teachable, then God can continue to use us. It is one of the most valuable traits of someone that God can use. We all need to continue to remain teachable. And if you remain teachable, I believe God will continue to use us. All right, number three. All right, and this is a big one. This was one I was slow to learn. All right, you need to have um, an identity outside of ministry. I got to tell you, I got into ministry young. Some of you have heard my testimony, how I got my call to ministry as a 10-year-old boy. And boy, by 12, I was a traveling magician. And, you know, I was a kid's pastor, you know, the day of practically I graduated from Bible college. And all oh, that's wonderful. I, lo- I love that. I, I tell that story in, in this a Bright Idea book. But one of the downsides to that wonderful testimony is my identity got really wrapped up in, in what I do as a children's pastor. Um, my identity became my ministry. And, and there's a danger in that. Your, my identity really needs to be that I'm a child of God. I'm a husband. I'm a dad. My ministry is something that I do. It is not who I am. Who I am is very different from what I do. And, and, and it becomes very unhealthy. When you become stressed out by the ministry, then you have become, uh, your ministry and you become one and the same, and it's so unhealthy. When you're stressed out at night, when you're having trouble sleeping, when you're getting worked up because of the lack of volunteers, 
you, you're kind of insulting God because you're you're taking on the ministry as though it's your responsibility when it's not. You are a steward, but it's God's ministry. God's not stressed out. He's not losing sleep. All right. And so um, there's an article on Kidology. I, I'd encourage you to look up if you're really stressed out. Um, in fact, it's kidology.org forward slash yoke. And it's about how Jesus said his yoke is easy and his burden is light. If you're stressed out over the ministry, you're you are taking on a responsibility that God has never given you. And we have to separate ourselves from our ministry. That's why in the in the last season of my life, um, I have finally learned that I need hobbies outside of ministry. See, ministry used to be my hobby, my occupation, my vocation, my recreation. They were all ministry. And I reached a breaking point. And so that's why you see, I love to fly my drone. I love to go hiking. Um, in fact, I finally learned, and I love sharing this with men, especially that I don't make time for my family anymore. Doesn't <laughs> that sound crazy? Well, because making time for my family, um, for me, and I'll speak only for myself, used to mean that my life was my ministry. And I was such a good husband and such a good dad that I would make time for my family. Meaning I would set aside the ministry to make time for my family. That is so wrong, friend. All right. My life is my family. I set aside my family and I make time for ministry because my life is my family. Do you see the difference I'm trying to, to say here? I don't make time for my family. My default is my family. I have to make time for ministry because otherwise I'd never do it. All right. And so um, you're, it's a matter of perspective. And so don't make time for family. All right. Make time for ministry. You, you're, it's a matter of where's, where do you fall back on? Do you fall back on family or do you fall back on ministry? I love asking a room full of children's workers. How many of you, your family has sacrificed for the ministry? And of course, every hand goes up. How many of you, this church has sacrificed for your family? Ooh, yeah. Okay. So you need to have, um, you need to have that put back in perspective. You need to have a life outside of your church. If you don't have a hobby that's not church, you need to get one. You need to get one right away. In fact, you can go, you know, you can go to a conference that has nothing to do with ministry. Maybe even a, maybe it's time for a marriage conference. All right. I went to a Star Wars convention. Imagine that. All right. So think about it. All right. Number four. And, and this is, this one's kind of hard to explain, but you need to find a balance between the seriousness of our mission. And it's a serious mission, right? I mean, we're trying to reach the lost, right? There's kids going to hell, all right? And we're trying to reach the lost. But we have to find a business, a balance between the seriousness of what we do and, and the joy of life. See, Jesus came to make our joy complete, not to put this huge burden on us. And if we don't find that balance, then, then we get down. Jesus did not send us to become the saviors of the world. Um, he's the savior of the world. <laughs> he is the one that saved the world. And, and I got news for you, friend. God doesn't need you. He, God does not need us. Do you realize that? We take on this huge burden. We're, we're, we're trying to save the world and, and, and we get so stressed out about it. And he doesn't need you. If you die tomorrow, I hope you don't. If you die tomorrow, he's not going to be like, Oh my goodness. What am I going to do? Carl died. I hope I don't die. This would be a terrible last podcast. No, but he doesn't need us. You know, it reminds me when 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 my little son, he's not so little anymore, but when he was little and he would wash the car with me, 
He was no help. I hope he doesn't watch this. He was no help. I mean, we, we'd be washing the car and we'd be having so much fun. We'd be squirting each other, getting soap everywhere. But he was no help. And after we'd get done washing the car, there'd be soap stains all over it. It would be so inconsistent. I would secretly go through the drive-thru, uh, the drive-thru car wash and get my car done. Or after he was gone to school, I'd wash the car myself. And so would I say, you are never helping me wash the car again. You're terrible. No, I did a blog post about it. Just put something, just search in my blog uh, for Luke and the car wash. No, why did I wash the car with him? Because it was fun. All right. Well, serving God is, oops, <laughs> I just bumped my music. I washed the car with Luke because it's fun. It's the only reason I washed the car with him. Not because I needed his help. You know what? The reason God gives me a ministry because I'm his son and he likes doing ministry with me. He doesn't need my help. In fact, I think he has to redo some stuff after I'm gone. See, that's what ministry is. It's just me doing stuff with my heavenly father. He doesn't need me. So have fun and just, just know that everything we do for God, he appreciates it, but he doesn't need it. So find that balance between just enjoying the ministry. If you're not having fun serving God, you're taking yourself way too seriously. Remember, was it was it Peter or Paul that said, consider yourself with sober judgment, right? Sometimes we take ourselves way too seriously. Last one I'm going to give you is number five, keep your focus on others. When we focus on ourselves, we get really stressed out. I got to tell you, I don't know if you're like me, and I know I am. <laughs> we get so stressed out about the things that aren't right in our life, the things that we wish were differently, the things we're behind on, whether it's financial issues, organizational issues, to-do lists, task lists, things we're behind on, projects. But you tell you what, when you focus on others, it makes all the difference in the world. You know, I've held this up a couple times. I'm really excited about this little book that I wrote uh, when Kidology hit 25 years. It's called A Bright Idea, The Story of Kidology. The original title for this book um, was um, Live to Give. Uh, the opening page of this book has Proverbs 11.25 on it. It's my life verse. I love this verse. It says, one person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. You know, that's kind of been my life motto. You know, with Kidology, I've just, just, just wanted to serve others, help others, equip others, help other companies, help, you know, just help others succeed. There are so many children's ministries out there and other companies, even competitors that Kidology has just helped behind the scenes. I could give you examples that would, you'd probably be amazed, but that, that's not important. Um, because I've just loved helping others, equipping others, serving others. And, and I look around and I see how God's blessing and it just makes my day because my success is not the success of Kidology. My success is fulfilling that life mission of lead of sharing the gospel, reaching and teaching as many children as possible with the good news of God's love and enlisting and equipping and encouraging others to do the same. It doesn't matter whether it's under Kidology, doesn't matter if it's under the name of some other ministry, doesn't matter if they don't even have a ministry name, that is success. Success is simply 
and purely following the mission that God has called you to do. We talked about that in the last podcast. Success is only and solely and completely following the mission that God has called you to do. So let me review these really quickly. Number one, have a clear sense of your calling. What has God called you to do? Do that unapologetically. Do it passionately. Do it consistently. Do it faithfully. And then God will God will bless that because you're doing what God's called you to do. And that is success. The numbers don't matter. The results ultimately don't matter because you're doing what God's called to do. Number two, maintain a teachable spirit. Ask questions. Try new things. Be willing to experiment. Be willing to fail. All right, it doesn't matter. Just be teachable. Number three, identify, uh, have your have an identity, sorry, outside of the ministry. Remember, your identity is not what you do. It's who you are. All right. Number four, find that tricky balance um, between the seriousness of what we do, and it is serious, but also the joy of life. Remember, God doesn't need you. He just loves doing ministry with you, right? Let him be the savior. You're not the savior. You're just, you're just getting to do life with the savior. And number five, keep your focus on others. As you focus on loving others, serving others, helping others, equipping and encouraging others, then you will have so much joy in what you do. And now I'll hit the music for real. Thank you for joining me here for Kidman Talk. As always, lately, I love giving away some free copies of A Bright Idea, um, the story of Kidology. All you got to do is send me a comment wherever you listen to this and just say, hey, I want a free copy of that. Give me an encouraging word about the podcast. Let me know how it's encouraged you or helped you in your ministry. And um, I'll be happy to, I'll reply and I'll ask for your address uh, privately in uh, email or private messenger or whatever. And I'll be happy to to mail you a copy in the mail and uh, make your day. So uh, until next time, remember, keep serving Jesus, follow your mission, and God's got a plan for you. Until next time. Thanks for watching.